Tehillim Perek Yud. Before we begin the actual explanation of the words of the Mizmor, we will address the idea that Perakim Tet and Yud were once one Mizmor, that at some point were broken up into two. If you open a Sefer of Tehillim today, you would find 150 Mizmorim in the book, yet Chazal speak of 147 Mizmore Tehillim, uh, leaving us short three. So one suggestion in terms of how to resolve that discrepancy in the 147 as opposed to the 150 is to suggest that there are certain Mizmorim that we view as two that were in fact at one point only one Mizmor. So a possible example of one of these Mizmorim that was originally one but is now two would be Mizmorim Tetanyud. Um, some support for this is that in the Targum, the Targum Shivim, these Mizmorim appeared as one. Um, a very Another important point that we'll address as we go through the Mizmor is that a lot of the language and the ideas in the 10th Mizmor either use the exact same language or repeat the same ideas as were found in Mizmor Tet. Um, this is similar to the way that Svaradim say Mizmorim Membet and Memgimel as one Mizmor on Sukkot, since both Mizmorim share common language and ideas, even though they're recorded as two separate Mizmorim in our Sifrei Tehillim. Um, another support to the idea that they were once one Mizmor is that there is no Koteret to Mizmor Yud. It doesn't start with a Mizmor or a Lamnatzeach, it just starts Lama. Now, there are other Mizmorim in Tehillim that lack an opening Pasuk, but none of the Mizmorim in the first book of Tehillim, which is the book that we are currently in, lack a Koteret. And um, another idea is that the acrostic that we started in Mizmor Tet continues through in Mizmor Yud. And finally, both Mizmorim end with extremely similar Pesukim. So as we go through this Mizmor, it will be ha- handy to also reference back to Mizmor Tet and we'll be able to compare language and ideas. Now in terms of structure, Mizmor Yud is more easily dividable than Tet was. It opens with a tefillah complaint that Hashem seems to be ignoring the, the distress of the speaker. The next section of the Mizmor, Pesukim Bet Yud Aleph, explain the evil of the Rasha thereby justifying why Hashem should care about the Mishorer's distress. And then the third section of the Mizmor closes by returning to the opening prayer that the Rishaim should be destroyed, thereby revealing Hashem's Milucha. We will see many instances in our Mizmor where the success of the Rasha is framed in similar terms to the language used in Mizmor Tet to describe how Hashem protects the Ani. By doing this, the Mishorer highlights the extent of the evil of the Rasha, who acts in a way completely antithetical to that of Hashem. Pasuk Aleph Lama Adonai ta'amod berachok ta'alim li'itod batzara Why do you stand far away, Hashem? You hide your eyes in time of distress. This is an opening or she'ilat peticha that frames the distress of the speaker. The Mishorer feels that Hashem is not paying attention to his stress. And with the word ta'alim, we have an idea similar to hestir panim. Hashem is, so to speak, turning away his eyes or, or covering his eyes. And you'll notice already in the opening pasuk that the phrase itot batzara is not a common phrase. 
but yet it is found in Mizmor Tet as well, in Pasuk Yud. In that context, it was the opposite idea. In, in Perek Tet, it was, that Hashem specifically is supportive in stressful times. And in our Pasuk, in our, sorry, Mizmor, the Mishorer is opening by saying, no, you are not supporting those in their times of distress. Now, this Mizmor, as we'll see, is not just a request to be saved. It's a thorough explanation of the evil of the Rasha. And the point of this explanation is to justify why Hashem should care about the Mishorer's distress. So in the next 10 Pisukim, we will have many detailed descriptions of both the thoughts and actions of the Rasha. Pasuk Bet. Bigavat Rasha Yidlak Ani. In the arrogance of the Rasha, the weak is pursued. The Rasha runs after the Ani, and he has Gava. This is the source of his Rishut. Since he doesn't believe anyone will pursue or punish him, he pursues the Ani. Continuing in the Pasuk, Yitafesu Bimzimot Zuchashavu. Here we switch from Lashon Yachid to Lashon Rabim, and it's a little bit unclear as to whom we are speaking about. So we can look at it that Yitafesu is speaking about the Rishaim, so they will be caught in the evil plans that they, in the evil that they planned, Zu would be Asher, Asher Chashavu. So that is very similar to what we saw in the previous Mizmor, in Pasuk Tetzayin, where we said, So that would fit with the previous Mizmor. We can, however, also read it that what the Mishorer had thought was going to happen to the Rasha, the Rasha is now able to do to the Ani, and say that Yitafesu is the Ani, so the Ani is being trapped through the plans of the Rasha. In Pasuk Gimel, we will see the Mishorer continue to express his distress regarding the thoughts and the arrogance of the Rasha. Ki Hilel Rasha al ta'avat nafsho, the Rasha prides himself that he pursues his desires, so he's very happy with what he's doing, and when he steals, he praises himself, and in doing so, he curses God. So by making a blessing on bribery or theft, or just in general making a blessing on a misdeed, that in and of itself is a curse to God. So here we have the Mishorer highlighting how can God stand far away when the Rasha is in all intents and purposes cursing God. Pasuk Dalit. Rasha kegova apo balidrosh en Elohim kol mezimotav. The Rasha in the height of his arrogance does not seek out Hashem. There is no God is all of his schemes. So this is so to speak saying en Elohim, this is his slogan. His mantra is, there's no God, and Rashi points out that here we use the name of Elohim, the name that connotes judgment. So Arasha is basically saying, there is no one who will bring justice to me. I can do as I please. So Rashi explains Yachilu Milashon Chayil, meaning his ways succeed at all times. Marom Mishpatecha Minegdo. Your mishpat is marom. It's above him. It doesn't seem to apply to him because even though this rasha is doing misdeeds, he still is successful. And this is a play on words because marom usually refers to 
Hashem's greatness, and Hashem's greatness is always evident through his mishpat. Um, so we are having a play on words here. Kol tzorerav yafiach bahim. All of his foes, he'll blow them away. He will succeed. And he will say, Pasuk vav, Amar bilibo bal emot. He said in his heart, I will not stumble. Ledor vador asher lo bira. I will forever be considered as one who will not bira, meaning experience bad. And as we're seeing, the arrogance of the Rasha is extremely pronounced as words that are normally used to describe the eternal Mahut of Hashem, like the Dor Vador, here are used to describe the life of the Rasha. So now that we've described the thoughts of the Rasha, we will now go on to describe his words. So we're moving from the heart to the mouth. Pasuk Zayin. So we start with Allah. His mouth is full of swears, and we'll see these are false promises. And lies, and toch is chamas, evil. So our Rasha is continuously making false promises. And then tachat l'shono, under his tongue, is deceit and evil. So here we see that he's arrogant, and he's someone who's echad bapeh echad balev, he appears to be one way, yet he is hiding evil under his tongue. And this will be, this idea will continue in the description of his actions. So, Pasukhet, Yeshev bimarav chaserim, bamistarim yaharog naki, enav lechelecha yitzpon. He sits in ambush in the chaserim. So, these are the open places. This is not a protected area. And he sits there because that's a place where he can trap people. And then in the hidden places, he kills the innocent. So again, he's appearing innocent because he's sitting in the open places, but then he goes to the hidden places to commit his murders. And then, his, uh, he hides to keep his eyes on the that's like the miskinim, um, the poor, weak people, to trap him. So he's kind of lurking in the background, scoping out the weak so that he can pounce on them. And this pouncing will be more pronounced in Pasuk Tet. He ambushes in hidden places like a lion in his den, in his hidden space. He ambushes to trap the weak person. So we see here an emphasis that he is pursuing the meekest person, those who are easily captured and can't defend themselves, this obviously being the lowest level um, of a person who preys on others. He will trap the weak as he pulls his trap. So we've compared the wicked here to both a lion and a hunter who are pursuing prey. The Rasha will lower himself, and this can be either physically, that he will hide and lie in his ambush, or figuratively, as in he will diminish his presence so that people will not fear him. And then, then once he's, so to speak, under the radar, the weak people will fall, the Radak explains as, through his strong w- limbs, so he will overpower the weak. 
פסוק י"א, אמר בליבו שכח אל, הסתיר פניו בל רעה לנצח. This פסוק really summarizes his overall attitude. He says in his heart, Hashem forgot, he hid his face, he will not see forever. Now we know that when we speak about הסתיר פנים, we're usually referring to a temporary time period, that there will be times in our history of הסתיר פנים. But here Arasha is telling us, no, Hashem is forgetting forever, this הסתיר פנים will last לעד. Again, this pasuk contrasts with much of what we mentioned in Mizmor Tet, where we're constantly emphasizing that Hashem will not forget the oppressed and that Hashem will forever and for eternity sit in justice on his kisei mishpat. Pasuk Yud Bet, we will now begin or return to the tefillah of the Mishorer now that we have finished summarizing the Yiddishut of the Rasha. Arise, Hashem, raise your hand in a swear, or perhaps raise your hands for action. Do not forget the lowly. So this pasuk is framed in a similar vein to pasuk Aleph, where we had Lama Hashem, and here we have Kuma Hashem, bringing us right back into the heart of the tefillah. Pasuk Yud Gimel, Al men ni'et rasha Elohim, Amar belibol lo tidrosh. Why did the rasha curse Hashem and think to himself, do not seek out God? Meaning, why did Hashem allow this to occur? Returning us to Pasuk Dalet in our enemies more Yud. Pasuk Yud Dalet will break up. Ra'ita ki ata amalvacha astabit. Ra'ita, you saw. The reality is Hashem that you pay attention to the evil and anger. Not like the belief of the Rasha who said that you turned away. So the Mitzudot explain this to mean that it is in Hashem's hand to give what people deserve. So Hashem, you do see injustice and it's in your hands to give out what people, what people deserve. And the weak should depend on Hashem, as we'll see. Alecha ya'azov chelecha. Yatom atahayita ozer. On the weak, on you, sorry, the weak will throw their hope. So alecha, on you, Hashem, the weak will throw their hope. The orphan, you are known to have helped. After expressing his belief that Hashem really does support the weak, now the Mishorer emphatically asks Hashem to destroy the Rasha. Destroy the strong hand of the Rasha. And write, this hand is the one that is oppressing the weak, so destroy this strong hand. And the evil one, seek out and avenge his evil to the point, Baltimsa, that he will no longer be found. So this is a play again on Pasuk Dalid where the Rasha is not Doresh Hashem and does not believe that he will be responsible for his actions. Pasuk Tetzayin, Adonai Melech Olam Va'er, Avedu Goyim Me'arto. Hashem is king forever. The nations will be abolished from his land. So when Hashem is just, he will reign forever. And then the Goyim, the nations, will be out. Reminding us of the phrase Ga'arta Goyim in the previous Mizmor, and also indicating to us that this Mizmor may have been said for a national crisis, 
when there were enemies in Hashem's land, even though up until now we've been hearing Am Lashon Yachid. After requesting that Hashem destroy the Oyev, the Mishorer concludes by saying in past tense that Hashem heard the prayers of the of the um, weak, and this could either be, as we've seen before, that perhaps the prayer was answered, and now this is a summary of thanks, or per, or it could be an expression of confidence that the Mishorer is confident that Hashem will answer his requests, and he therefore speaks a, his tefillah as though it had already been answered. Pasuk Yudzayim, Ta'avat anavim shamata Adonai, the desires of the lowly you heard Hashem, Tachin libam, Takshiv oznecha. So Tachin libam can either be give them what their hearts desire, or the Radak explains it as Lachin, help them arrange their hearts to offer proper requests. So they're these weak people have been very distressed. Perhaps they can't they can't properly express themselves. So Hashem, please help them, and then let your ears pay attention to their requests. Pasuk Yudchet, Lishpot Yatom Vadach Bal Yosef Od Laarot Enosh Min Haaretz. So Hashem, you heard their prayers, and what do you hear their prayers to do? Lishpot Yatom to offer justice to the orphan and the lowly so that they will not continue to fear man, meaning they will no longer be oppressed. And we can clearly see here again that the last pasuk of Mizmor Yud contains the word enosh, similarly to the last pasuk of Mizmor Tet. And Mizmor Tet closed with the idea that Hashem should place his fear on the, on the oivim so that they know that they are merely man, and our Mizmor ends from a different perspective saying the meek people should no longer fear these people who are merely men.